It is Tara Johnson with Pine Girl Financial Group and here with Gory from Stonebridge Capital Advisors. Uh, this is part two of a uh, Women Own Wealth podcast series that I'm doing with Gory. Uh, in part one, we talked about uh, just the female perspective on finance and this industry and financial planning. And part two is going to be focused on uh, the economic outlook, looking back at 2020, uh, the workings within there, and then now projecting into 2021 and Gory's thoughts. So thank you, Gory, for joining me yeah, for part two. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, we had talked a little bit, uh, you know, in past market updates about what's been going on. But right now, I think most clients are really moving away of, or excuse me, moving away from uh, COVID really uh, I would say dominating the market mm -hmm. and everyone worried about what COVID is going to do to the market. Yeah. I think maybe we're past that hump and maybe not completely, but I think a lot of feedback that we've had from uh, investors and clients is, you know, what does inflation look like, uh, rising rates yep. and tax changes? What does that mean for clients' portfolio? So I'm going to let you take it away sure. and go through uh, what your and Stonebridge outlook is, and then we'll dive into a couple other things after. Okay, yeah, I would be happy yeah. to. So, you know, I actually do want to touch a little bit on 2020 because yeah. it does really directly feed into our outlook for 2021. Okay. Um, you know, going back to 2020, the markets were doing really well, right, at the beginning, and then COVID came into the picture and the equity markets plummeted about 30%. There was a lot of nervousness around the bond markets because people worried about companies defaulting on their loans. Right. And so what happened is when the economy shut down, the Fed came into the picture, they cut interest rates to zero. Um, the Congress stepped in and they provided stimulus. So this helped to provide um, hope to the markets and they started right. to recover. But it wasn't an equal recovery. The fact is that names like Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, all of the companies that do really well when the market was shut down really mm -hmm. led the recovery. And they led the recovery from you know March to about November. And then the companies that left behind were the quote unquote value-oriented stocks. And these are primarily industrials, energy, and financial companies. Okay. And energy got hit because oil prices dropped from $60 a barrel to below $20 a barrel. And that was because people believed there was gonna be an oversupply. Right. And they believed there was gonna be an oversupply because people believed no one was gonna travel again, right? Yeah. There wasn't gonna <laughs> be a use for it. And then Financials got hit because the 10-year treasury fell to about 50 basis points or half a percent. And so that cut into the profitability for many of the banks and financial institutions out there. But then November, the news of the vaccine came out. And that really spurred hope and clarity to the markets. Mm -hmm. And so these value-oriented stocks really started to lead 
the market and the recovery. And they've been actually outperforming growth stocks. And the growth stocks, again, are the Amazon, the Facebook, the Googles, the really right. popular stocks that everyone knows. Mm -hmm. And so going into 2021, the question is, okay, how do we feel like the dynamics are gonna be between growth and value? What's the overall outlook for the market? And the economy and you know our perspective I would really say is cautiously optimistic mm -hmm. and I want to say cautiously optimistic because um, the market is up 12% year-to-date and it's up 12% year-to-date because there are a lot of good things happening the fact is that GDP growth last quarter came out to be about 6.4% which was really close, I believe, within 1% of the high in 2019. Wow. And GDP growth is really going to be a factor based on consumer spending. And during 2020, during COVID, when everyone was at home, what right. did they do? They saved money because they weren't traveling. They weren't going out to eat. And so right. consumers, the U.S. consumers, actually saved $1.4 trillion in 2020. That's unbelievable. It's incredible. Yeah. And then in their checking accounts, they have over $3 trillion. And this is while they've been paying down debt. So consumers are ready to spend. Right. They're excited to start traveling again. They're excited to go out to eat, spend time with their family. So those are all things that can really spur economic spending, or mm -hmm. sorry, um, economic production, right. which is really great. Another positive is that the government continues to talk about pumping stimulus into the economy, mm -hmm. you know, Biden's infrastructure bill and also his family plan. And so that could potentially be up to $4 trillion. Whether it's actually going to be $4 trillion, that's a whole other factor, right? right? But there's still a lot of hope around that. And then finally, in terms of interest rates, yep. Yep, the Fed cut interest rates. They've been at zero. Everyone keeps on believing that the Fed is going to have to raise interest rates because inflation has been increasing, right? But the Fed continues to reiterate they have no intention of increasing interest rates. Okay. So these are all of the really good things that are happening right. in the economy. What we're cautious about is that the market is at its all-time high because it is expecting unemployment to continue to decrease. It is expecting for the government to provide stimulus into the economy. It is expecting for um, uh, interest rates to remain low, and it is right. expecting for inflation to stay transitory. So the big question is, are things going to really play out the way everyone hopes they're going to? Right. And the market right now is priced to essentially perfection because of all these factors. Right. So you asked a question in terms of what is our outlook in terms of yeah. inflation. And the fact is that it's been a hot topic because prices are increasing. Mm -hmm. And they're increasing because demand is outpacing supply. Right. And you hear about the shortages in microchips, in oil supply, um, in lumber. And companies like Procter Gamble are coming out and saying that, yes, we are increasing um, prices in, for baby products, for feminine hygiene products, because commodity pricing is going up. But the fact is the Fed is coming out and saying that, you know what, this is just temporary. You know, this is COVID-related. 
So mm -hmm. yes, for right now, supply is outpacing demand, but over time, it's gonna even out right. and things okay. will start moderating down. So that's what they really believe. The market isn't completely convinced by that. You know, right. there's some speculation around that. And so that's why we're starting to see some volatility and we're especially seeing volatility in the quote unquote growth names. Mm -hmm. The really the high flyers that were that went up between March and November of last year. Um, you know, you hear about these tech stocks and they're just at such high valuations. But the fact right. is that as interest rates increase, it's hard to justify those valuations. Right. And so we really do we wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see continued volatility with these tech companies. I mean, last quarter Microsoft Apple, Google, everyone came out with really strong earnings, but the market isn't necessarily rewarding them. NVIDIA just came out and their mm -hmm. revenues increased 84% year over year. It's down today. You know, so is that just, you know, investor speculation a little bit being put into the market saying, yes, these are great earnings, yet investors are still a little speculative on what this all might mean. I think that's definitely part of okay. it. And the other part is that these outcomes in terms of such high revenue growth was could already be modeled into these prices. Price. Right, okay. So how much more room do they have to grow? I mean, the year-over-year right. -year valuations, because that's what people really look at, that's mm -hmm. what investors look at, is the growth. Right. And is that going to be there next quarter or six months from now or right. a year from now? So that's right. really the big question. And I think a lot of clients and investors in general do have that question of is this a good time for me to buy mm -hmm. um you know if i'm going to buy some of these bigger names and you know we can dive into this a little bit you know this fear of missing out on mm -hmm. the amazons and the googles and all of that you know is this a good time for me or is it going to keep going up and you know those are obviously good questions to have but i think your response is uh, and you alluded to the value stocks are maybe the more yeah. of the the area that you want to focus on rather than these big tech companies. Exactly, you hit it right on the nail. Um, the fact is, right now we believe that value stocks have more room to go okay. in terms of growth because they have they've recovered quite a bit, but energy, you know, hasn't fully recovered. Mm -hmm. There's still more room, um, and the fact is, over the last ten years growth has outperformed value, and right. now we're slowly seeing this rotation back into value stocks. So in terms of positioning, we believe in having a bias towards value stocks, right. um, but we still believe in diversification across the board and you right. know controlling your position sizes, because at the end of the day, no one has a crystal ball, right? So right. it's important to have that diversification, and it's also important to know what your investment timeline is. How long can you stay in the market? Mm -hmm. And so if you want to invest in Amazon and Google and some of these high flyers, I think it's a good idea if your time horizon is long enough because they right. are good companies at the end of the day. They are the leaders in their industry and mm -hmm. we do believe them over a long time horizon. But if right. your time horizon is shorter, you want to look at your overall portfolio allocation and determine how much exposure do you want to the equity market. 
Right. You know, if you have a shorter timeline, I wouldn't recommend 100% exposure to the equity market. You know, it might be a better fit of having a 60-40 split. And what I, what I mean by that is having 60% maybe in the equity market, 40% right. more in conservative assets like fixed income or cash. Mm -hmm. And then even within your equity allocation, having some diversification between value and growth stocks. Right. And, you know, I think we've talked about this with some clients as well as just, you know, if you want to have fun and have some exposure to these companies that, yes, maybe a little more volatile yep. or, you know, like I said, this, this fear of missing out on these huge gains that have happened over the last year, you know, yep. obviously people sometimes want to play that game. And so, you know, if, if you want to, there's, you know, in my opinion, nothing wrong with having just a, a little exposure if you wanted to buy a little bit in this stock or this stock, you mm -hmm. know, and like you say, Maybe it's not the Amazon and the Google. Maybe it is something more like the value stocks, which yep. have a little bit more more room. But again, it goes back to you know what we talk about with our clients is what's your goal? You know, exactly. If your goal is to use this money, or you're a little more conservative, or you know, looking at your age and your goals, it might not even make sense. So exactly, it's fun to look at. But it's like that toy, you know, fun to look at, but we're not going to play, mm -hmm. you know, as exactly. I tell my toddlers. So, um, but yeah, so that's really good insight. Um, what do you have to say about the energy sector as far as uh, uh, the environmentally safe uh, natural energy? Yeah. We have a lot of clients who have questions about that and whether it's a good time to get into that. Um, just, you know, high level, what do you... I would say... I love clean energy in terms of the thought behind it. I think it is. I think a lot of people want to get into it because they right. want to have a positive impact towards the environment, which I think is great. But I am hesitant at this point in time in terms of recommending investing into clean energy, because it's still a. It, we're still very early in the industry, right? Yeah. We don't have major market leaders that are really providing strong profits or, um, right. you know, ha know what the, what the given path is. Mm -hmm. So the fact is that we are going to continue to see volatility within clean energy. And yeah. just like growth stocks, clean energy stocks, since their time horizon is so far out, as interest rates increase, it actually negatively impacts their valuations. So you, you may have noticed over you know, the last few months, there's been more volatility in clean energy because interest rates have been increasing. And so it makes it harder to justify the valuations because the cash flows are just so far out. Right. Okay. So I feel like as you're mentioning in terms of knowing what your goals are in your asset allocation, if it's something you really believe in, I'd say pick a small sliver. You know, if you want to do, you know, maybe up to 5% and be in clean energy and just be comfortable that this is going to be a little bit more of a volatile part of your portfolio, right. that's okay, but just make sure that fits in your overall big picture. Right, right. That makes sense. Uh, and then, you know, as far as, you know, this buzzword of, you know, cryptocurrency mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on what that all means and just give... Our, our clients maybe some insight as to, like I say, what that means and what the valuation is and, um, like I said, just a little bit of insight. 
Yeah, so cryptocurrency is definitely a hot topic, right? Mm -hmm. No one can deny that right now. And I truly believe that at some point down the line, cryptocurrency is going to have a proper place in our markets, in our economy. It's becoming a hot topic of conversation. I mean, you know, Jerome Powell just came out a few weeks ago talking about that, you know, we are going to start having a discussion of um, having potentially more stable cryptocurrency and seeing what those options are. But the fact is right now when you're talking about Bitcoin and Dogecoin, those are all we don't they're all esoteric. They're all speculative. You don't know what the outcome is. But it's been such a hot topic that the market has grown to about two trillion dollars. Um, cryptocurrency has increased by I believe about two hundred and sixty billion over this last year. That's Dogecoin is about I believe I want to say worth more than 70% of the companies in the S&P 500. So it's really challenging to justify all those valuations when you don't really know how it's going to fit into our markets and economy long term. So I right. you know, it's going to continue to be a volatile asset class. Right. Right. And I think um, you know that might even play along with you know, if, if you feel like you really want to be a part of it, mm-hmm. you know, and your time horizon, your allocation makes sense, you know, getting a small sliver, you know, is okay, but very small. Yep. And, yep. you know, like you say, it might be down the road where it is more of a, a common sleeve to have in a portfolio. But right now, I think a lot of investors and, and people in general are just saying, gosh, I have this fear of missing out. I hear all these people who are making mm-hmm. millions of dollars, uh, you know, with, you know, because they invested in Bitcoin at the right time. And, yeah. you know, so there is a lot of that feeling with, like I say, with the cryptocurrency or some individual stocks. And so I think it's really important to take a step back and say, okay, that's true. People are making money, but what are your goals and does it make sense for you? And let's be you? honest, people talk about when they make money, but they never talk about when they're the other exactly. side of the equation. So <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Um, and so, yes, it's good to take a step back and say, yes, we're, we're talking about it now because people are making money, but yeah. um, until they aren't, right? Yeah. So um, great conversation to have. Uh, it, Gory, is there anything else as far as the economic outlook or um, anything Stonebridge is, is really communicating with clients about that you'd like to share? I would, you know, really just recommend to everyone that we we have been in very unique times. We continue to be in very unique times. So, you know, sit down with your financial advisor, look at your overall portfolio mm-hmm. allocation, make sure that it aligns with your goals and your objectives right. over the long term and the short term. And then also look at your investment portfolio and make sure that the strategy is also aligned with your financial plan. Right. And it's, you know, it's just always good practice to do that, but especially I think with all the dynamics we've experienced over these last, you know, 12 to 15 months, just put it at the top of your list of things to do. Right. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I appreciate your expertise and um taking the time out of your day to join us. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the Market Update with Gory, and uh, thanks for joining us, and until next time. Thank you for having me. Yeah.